Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. The scripture says that no one can serve two masters, for either they will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, Matthew 6 and 24. And that also consistent with uh, the logical term, the law of non-contradiction, which says that two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. So if we love God, we must adhere to the principles that the Bible tells us to embrace and the things that the Bible tells us to stay away from. We ought to stay away from those. And recently, uh, it seems like this term yoga has gained a lot of uh, a tremendous footing in the culture and the fiber of this nation, uh, the United States of America. And many of us in and outside the church really haven't given them much thought. But uh, on today's episode, we want to give you some information that would help you to make better choices, to help you to make Bible-centric choices, especially if you are a believer uh, that this yoga, it, it is a movement, and we see it on television. Many of our children uh, go to school and they practice yoga or go through yoga uh, exercises, and we don't think much of it. We just think that it's, it's innocuous and it's, it's innocent. But I wanted to shed light from a Christ-centric perspective on yoga, what it is, uh, a little bit about how it started, and then to uh, ask uh, someone who's been in it and uh, who's going to give us some more information that will help edify us. So on today's episode, we have a special guest. Uh, she's an author. She's also an actor, and she's compiled uh, documents entitled The Truth About Yoga. And we are so pleased to have on our show today uh, Sister Lorette Willis. Uh, Sister Lorette, how are you? I am blessed. Thank you, Brother Perseus. It's wonderful to be with you here today. Thank you for being on the show. And also, Sister Lorette has uh, been in yoga uh, in the past uh, uh, as part of the traditional yoga system. She was part of that for 20-plus years. So she's definitely qualified to give us some information on this topic. So my first question is, what are the origins of yoga and what is it? Okay. Well, yes, when we look even at Webster's Dictionary, uh, Webster's Dictionary says that yoga is uh, Sanskrit, which is part of the ancient Hindu language, and it means yoke, mm. Y-O-K-E, yoke, or uh, to be bound to, to something. And, and what is it that we're bound to? Well, this is what Webster's Dictionary says. Yoga is a mystic and ascetic Hindu discipline for achieving union with the Supreme Spirit. Mm. 
How? Through the blood of Jesus? No. Through prescribed postures, meditation, and breathing techniques. So it's yoked to a different God. In fact, the Lord of Yoga is Shiva, the destroyer. Mm. Yoga poses are offerings to the 330 million Hindu gods. And, you know, the enemy does not have any uh, original things. He's not a creator. He only takes those things that God has created right. and twists them in some way to bring people to the feet of a false idol. So there is a, a trinity of sorts of the Hindu gods or demonic powers there. The um, the chief one is called Brahma. Mm-hmm. Then there's Vishnu, the preserver. And then Shiva, the destroyer. Shiva, the destroyer, is the Lord of Yoga. And when we think of when Jesus himself said in John 10.10 10, that, that the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right. Jesus said. But I have come that they may have life and that more abundantly. And so the question that I have for believers and pastors and women's ministry leaders who have yoga classes in their churches, what is a practice that is dedicated to the Lord Shiva doing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate that. And, and, and so when it comes to yoga, uh, what I hear you know, or the feedback that I get is it's just exercise. And what you're telling us is that it's just not exercise. It's not just innocent, but it's something that we ought to really think about and not practice because you can't have one without the other in terms of yoga and the origin. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they cannot be separated. And that's not just from what I say um, and other Christian apologists will say, but Hindus will say that as well. In fact, uh, Subhas Tiwari, who uh, is a uh, professor at the Hindu University of America, He says that the two cannot be separated. He says that yoga is Hinduism. Any Christian who tries to separate uh, those two will most likely disrupt their faith. They don't know the origins of yoga. See, there's a spiritual component to it that we can try to ignore, Mm -hmm. but it is very difficult to do so. You cannot uh, separate the two with yoga. And I would say the same thing of so-called Christian yoga. Christian yoga (laughs) is yoga. You know, it's an oxymoron. Right. You know, it's like saying, oh, well, I'm a a Hindu Christian, you know, or I'm a Buddhist Christian. I mean, you can't say that. Or a Christian Buddhist. (laughs) you, You cannot combine a relationship with the living God with a religion. Religion and relationship are two separate things. So you talked about the poses. Can you tell us about the significance of the yoga poses and their impact or what they supposed to signify? Yes. The poses themselves, as I mentioned, brother, are, are offerings to the 330 million Hindu gods. And when you think of Romans 12, 1 and 2, you can see kind of a twisting of that, that we're to offer our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Yet what is said in yoga? Empty your mind. Empty Mm. your mind. Yeah, I did it for 22 years from the ages of 7 till I was 29, and I was also an instructor, so I know all uh, all of that. 
that we're to offer our bodies a living sacrifice to God. Mm. And that's what's done in yoga poses, but they're offering their bodies to the different um, demonic powers, the different uh, Hindu gods. For example, if you go to India, Mm -hmm. many times you'll see the statues of the different gods there, and people are bringing offerings to them to appease the gods in some ways. Some will bring rice, some will bring flowers, some will bring themselves, and Mm. they will do yoga poses Mm. in front of them. And when you think of the names of some of them, um, Savasana, the corpse pose, which is the relaxation pose, or Bhujangasana, which is the cobra pose, Mm. how does that in any way glorify God? I can just imagine the enemy laughing, seeing beautiful, you know, creations made in the image of God doing something that is supposedly glorifying, you know, a cobra or a corpse. That does not bring glory to God. And again, there's that spiritual component. You see, the exercise really is just the kind of the the clever tool Mm -hmm. to get the spiritual component in there. Many Christians have told me, you've answered so many questions for me with this Lorette. I wondered why, whenever I went to the yoga class that my doctor, physical therapist, my you know, mother-in-law, whoever, <laughs> told mm-hmm. me to go to, right. because it was good for me, but I had this check in my spirit. Something just didn't seem right, but I kept overriding it with my head, because my doctor said it was good, because Oprah said it was good, because, right. you know, right. fill in the blank said it was good, and it's at Walmart, you know, right. so it must be okay. I mean, it's just DVD. It's just exercise. You say something long enough trying to make it the truth, but to pay attention to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside, and he's saying, uh-uh, no. Right. It is a doorway uh, to the New Age and Hinduism. That's what happened to my mom and myself when I was seven years old. Mom and I got involved thinking it was just exercise, right. but it is the doorway, or the missionary arm, I call it, to Hinduism and the New Age movement, away from Christ. Mm. Thank you so much for being so transparent and uh, sharing with us that information. Now, how is yoga related to the New Age movement? That's another term that we're seeing a lot, this New Age movement. So tell us the relationship between yoga and the New Age movement. Yes. um, The New Age movement is kind of a hodgepodge of different religions. And... um, I was involved in it, as I mentioned, for 22 years. Those of our listeners who may remember back in the 80s, there was a song for, I think it was Burger King, something like that, and said, mm-hmm. have, it, have it your way. Right. Have it your way. Have it your way. You know, <laughs> And that's what the New Age movement is. It's like, have it your way. You know, Instead of the truth that we are made in God's image, the New Age movement says, Let's make God in our image. Mm. And who is the original one who talked about stuff like that? I mean, the, the author of Pride, right. Satan, and he comes as an angel of light, the Word says. So, it, oh, it seems so nice, it seems so loving, it seems so accepting. There's all paths lead to God. No. Right. But that's what <laughs> the New Age movement says. And it seems so loving and accepting, though, Perseus, because, oh, you Christians, you're just so dogmatic, and you're, you're just not accepting, and, you know, 
that's what I used to think. Right. I had religion confused with relationship with Jesus Christ. And what yoga offers, because it is physically beneficial, you see, the enemy's not, not stupid. Right. You know, he realizes that, that he would lose a lot of people if every time someone did yoga, they said, you know what, I would have felt better <laughs> if I hit myself on the head with a brick than doing right. that. But because, oh, it just feels good. You know, and we all know that, you know, if it feels good, do it, has gotten people into more jams than smuckers. Right. You know, it's not, <laughs> right. that is not the answer. But it's, it's a quick fix. And people are, when they are devoid of spiritual sustenance, brother, they will look for uh, spiritual sustenance anywhere. And yoga provides a bit of it. But you know what it is? It's like living on cotton candy. Mm. It tastes good. It feels good. Mm. But it's deadly. You cannot live on right. cotton candy. We know that right. as parents. You know, we'd love to, you know, you know, little Jimmy and Lucy just love those M&Ms. But, honey, <laughs> if you live on that, you know, you're not going to be around long. Right. <laughs> and Mommy loves you and wants you to have, you know, broccoli and the good things and the you know, the chicken and the meat, and, and you take your vitamins and your supplements and all of that. And realize, too, that people in the New Age, brother, they don't want the authority. Right. And that's the thing of the New Age. You can be your own God, but right. it's a very lonely place, mm. you know. And, see, that's one thing I learned, too. I was, I was indoctrinated that there's no such thing as sin, mm. that it's an acronym for self-inflicted nonsense. <laughs> and the, yeah, and it seems kind of funny, doesn't it? Self-inflicted nonsense. And the sad part of that is is that well, if there's no such thing as sin, right. then why did Jesus come? Right. Oh, well, he was just a good teacher. See, so it takes away all of that. But then I learned that sin in in Hebrew, and I thought this was really good. This really helped me understand mm -hmm. it after I came to the end of myself and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. When I studied some things with Hebrew, sin in Hebrew means missing the mark. Mm -hmm. And when you think of the mark being the absolute holiness and purity of our supreme God, you know, our, and the Lord Jesus Christ, of course we're going to miss the mark, and Jesus paid the price for that. Right. So we cannot be our own God. And as much as people want to make it where, uh, you know, let's, let's be nice and accepting of all kinds of, of sin, and, oh, it's sinfully delicious. I mean, they even change the meaning of sin. That right. It's like, you know, when people say, oh, well, you know, he's bad. Well, that means he's good. Well, wait a second. What do you mean he's bad? Right. He's good. He's bad. <laughs> it's, right. it's sinfully delicious. Wait right. a second. What does that mean? So it has so skewed the vocabulary of people. We have to come back to those absolutes. Jesus is the only way the only truth, and the only life. He's the only way to the Father. I really appreciate that. You just made that crystal clear in terms of our responsibilities to God and our, uh, what our responses should be. And as we're talking about this, the reason why this is so important is because if we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth, we need to make sure that we are worshiping him without taint to sacrifice. And engaging in yoga is a taint to sacrifice. Whether we uh, are intentional about it or not, 
It's not what the Lord wants us to do. So that brings me to my next question. Uh, Many Christians engage in yoga, as you said before, because of the exercise aspect of it, the stretching, uh, the uh, looseness of of their limbs and uh, the uh, benefits of going through the poses, as you mentioned. And you, to your credit, uh, Lorette, have created a ministry that brings us back to what Lord intentionally designed for us stretching and meditating. Can you talk about the Praise Moves ministry? Yes, certainly. Praise Moves is the Christian alternative to yoga. And I'm very careful to let people know it's a, the Christian alternative to yoga. It's not Christian yoga, because as we said, that's an oxymoron or right. a fiction in, in terms. And interestingly enough, there actually was a, um, a father of so-called Christian yoga who is uh, Hindu. Mm. I mean, that's, isn't that interesting? It that is. was in, uh, he lived from 1864 to 1953. The father of Christian yoga, A.K. Muzumdar, mm-hmm. was a, uh, a Hindu. So it, you could see kind of the skewed ideas there. I mean, why would a Hindu be the father of Christian yoga? So that to me says right there, okay, Christian yoga is yoga. Right. <laughs> so the, what Praise Moves is, it's a Christ-centered alternative to yoga. Knowing that the enemy is not a creator, what we've done is we have taken uh, just simple stretching postures. Some look like yoga, some look absolutely nothing like yoga, such as our 22 Hebrew letter postures, which mirror the Hebrew alphabet. But realize that the body can only move in a finite number of ways, not an infinite number of ways. So things are going to look kind of similar. But when I realize that, wait a second, the enemy is not a creator. He can only take those things God has created and twist them to bring people to the feet of a false idol. We can redeem some of those things. And what we do with praise moves, these are simple stretches, and each one has a scripture that we meditate upon or speak aloud while doing the stretching, strengthening posture. For example, in the angel posture, it is a standing posture, and one leg is in front of the other. The front knee is bent slightly. The back heel is reaching down toward the ground. We're lifting our arms straight up, reaching forward, getting a nice lift throughout the torso. And at the same time, we're speaking aloud or um, meditating upon Psalm 9111, for he Mm. shall give his angels charge over you to keep you safe in all your ways. So in this way, we are underscoring the foundation scripture of Praise Moves Fitness Ministry, which is 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body mm. and your spirit, Amen. which are God's. So you get to move to the Word of God. You're exemplifying the Word of God. It is a mnemonic device as well of sorts because you are moving to the Word as well. People have told me, I could never memorize Scripture before, <laughs> but now I can with praise moves because it's going beyond just your your mind, your body is involved, you're feeding on the Word and your spirit, and you're developing your relationship with with God. We like to say with praise moves, praise moves God deeply. Mm. So 
keep praising the Lord. <laughs> amen. Amen. I, I do appreciate you sharing with us. And I think the great thing about your ministry in terms of praise moves is that we get the benefits of the movement as well as there's no hint of syncreticism by opening us ourselves up to yoga and the false religion behind it. So I do commend you, and, and we, we really want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Now, if you would, just tell our listeners where they can get your uh, curriculums, DVDs, and things of that nature as it relates to uh, praise moves and um, even how they can become certified for their church so that their church can engage in uh, praise moves ministry. Yes, absolutely. They would just go to praisemoves.com, just like how it sounds, Praise Moves. It's actually one word, too, praisemoves.com, and they can learn there about uh, we have DVDs, we have books, we have downloadable DVDs. We also have a certified um, Praise Moves instructor program online, offered three times a year in February, May, and September, and also in different parts of the United States. We have a yearly uh, conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma every year. People fly from all over the world. We now have over 200 certified Praise Moves instructors on six continents and are constantly looking for more people who are interested in kicking yoga out (laughs) of the churches and having people to praise the Lord instead. And uh, I'm available to answer any questions for people. They just go to praisemoves.com, get in touch with us, and we'd be happy to help in any way we can. Amen, Sister Lorette. Thank you so much. Our uh, time is up. It went so quick. Uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate your zeal for educating the church about yoga and what we should be doing in terms of a movement and meditation in Christ. So thank you for being with us. And Uh, May the Lord be with you in the ministry. Thank you, sir. I receive that. And the same for you and your listeners to be greatly blessed in the Lord in Jesus. Amen. We will be in touch. That was Sister Lorette uh, Willis uh, from Praise Moves Ministry, educating us about yoga. And as always, uh, we thank God for the opportunity to uh, equip the church and to stand boldly Uh, to defend the faith, to defend the gospel. And if you are a listener, we ask that you continue to keep us in prayer as we endeavor to educate, train, and empower believers, and also consider becoming a financial sponsor of Sound Reasoning as uh, the Lord opens up doors for more Christians to be trained to defend the faith. Amen. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org.
A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.